have you here. Good morning, we're at church, hooray. <laughs> Come on in, welcome. Uh, if you all are able just to stand and we're gonna get ready to worship together. All right, well, good morning. I wanted to lead off this morning. If you all would come in and get prepped for church here. I just want to lead off this morning with um, the beginning of Psalm chapter 23. David writes this psalm and he says, Oh God, you are my God, and earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh pants for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Amen. That we would be a people who not only claim to believe in God, but we would be a people who live our life in a way that we long for God. It's not just some status. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, that's nice. What does that mean? It means I'm in relation. I belong to him. And I live my life in a way that, that I have found that only he can truly satisfy me. Amen. There's, there's a lot of stuff you can find in this world that brings some level of satisfaction, some level of fulfillment. But I can only truly be satisfied by my creator. And, and, and my, my inward being, being longs for him. Amen. As we, as we praise this morning, as we worship this morning, we come to the sanctuary and behold him in his power and his glory. And we worship him because of who he is and the mighty acts of his creation, but also our salvation. Amen. Let, let's be a people who long for him and desire him. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. Let me 
just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every strong Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus
speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within his presence I speak Jesus what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a beautiful name
every stronghold will crumble I hear the chains hit the ground Oh God of revival pour it out struggling with today, I encourage you just to give it to him. He can take it and he will because he loves you, because he chose you, that he wants to take those burdens from you. And all you have to do is let it go and don't pick it back up and he will take it from you. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here this morning with us. If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith and children, you are dismissed to Children's Church.
Right, well, it's good to have you tonight, or tonight, today, this morning. Man, got, got my wrong days. morning let's take up tithe and offering if you do have something to give there's offering envelopes in the chairs in front of you and you can use those if you want to um i was reading in, in uh, the book of joshua the other day <clears throat> and after the israelites finally went into the promised land they crossed the river with the, the mighty work of god where the ark of the covenant was carried out and the, the river was stopped and the people crossed over reminiscent of what happened uh, at the Red Sea with the Israelites leaving Egypt and, and escaping slavery. When they came out of Egypt, God began to provide for them with the manna and the quail, remember? And there was always provision every day for them. But eventually when they went into the Promised Land in Joshua chapter 5, the manna stopped because then they were in the goodness of the land, goodness of the promised land, began to eat of the fruit and, and what was in the promised land. You know, that's very symbolic of the fact that we are headed towards a promised land and a reward. And at that point, we'll eat of the fullness and the goodness of the reward of that land. But you know, until we get there, just like the Israelites provided for each day, so are we. That the provision of God is always in front of us until we reach the reward of the land to come. Amen. And we believe that. So our response in our giving, our tithe and our offering, is a response to the goodness of God who always provides in this world today in our situations. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. So as you give this morning is a testimony to the faithfulness and the goodness of God in his provision as we wait for the reward of the life to come. And I believe that God is always providing. I know like you, we, we have many stories we could tell of how the provision of God showed up in the least expected way that God does what only he can do. Amen? Amen. All right, Lord, we thank you. Uh, as we give this morning, we pray, Lord, uh, it's just another step of a life with you and, and leaning on you and, and uh, knowing that we depend upon you. And Lord, in all the things that we could grab onto in this life, we grab onto you. And we live in you and we live by you and we live for you. So as we give today, it's just another statement of this life of faith of, of depending upon you. Thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. We all say amen. So if you have something to give, bring it forward. Uh, some. Uh, some announcements for you. By the way, if you're new today, uh, and if you want to, in the, in the chair in front of you, uh, there should be one of these uh, uh, Get Connected cards. If you fill that out and, and turn that into me or, or uh, one of the ushers, as we're not going to start bombarding you with phone calls or anything. It's just let us know and connect with you. So thanks for visiting with us, and you can fill that up if you like. Um, for those of you that are going to be having your children at the BBS tonight, which starts tonight, I'm excited about it. So 6 o'clock, 6 to 8 tonight, tomorrow and Tuesday is our Fort Courage Vacation Bible School for uh, preschool through fifth grade. So um, if you are not here Wednesday, 
we have some important papers for you. So if you weren't here Wednesday and your, your child's going to be here sometime during the BBS this week, raise your hand up so uh, Al can run around. I don't see any hands, but this, uh, these papers kind of explain some different things. But tonight for the kids, it is, uh, the theme is camo night. So if your kid's got camo, wear it. Uh, tomorrow night, they're going to be outside. And the, the games tomorrow night involve some water, so they're going to get wet, so you know that. So please have them bring a towel. I won't have a bunch of towels here, so uh, please have them bring a towel for that. And so, but that information's on these papers. So if you didn't get one later, you can pick one up in the back. And we're excited about our VBS tonight. So if you, if you uh, signed up to volunteer, and Kenzie has yet to let you know what you're gonna be doing, see her today, and she'll tell you what's gonna be happening tonight. But check-in starts at 5.30. The VBS starts at six o'clock, and we're just looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, another announcement is, hey, Johnny, Sit down a second. All right, good, thank you. All right, everybody turn around behind Johnny. On that table back there, there's a white crate with uh, a colored, uh, whatever you wanna call it, put on the front of it. Something we wanna do for the families of our church is we wanna collect school supplies. We have a lot of, uh, of families that are homeschooled in church, uh, plus, plus some that do public school. <clears throat> but we would love to supply all the families with school supplies for the school year that's coming up. Um, so what we'd like to do is, if you go back and look at the list there, that's sort of a list of school supplies that we need. You can take a picture of it and maybe just start purchasing some stuff. When you bring it here, throw it in that crate. We'll start to collect it. And right before the school year, <clears throat> we'll divvy it out to all the families per the number of children in your household. And we just love to cover all the school supplies for them. And if we have extras, we'll just take it over to your Bantam Elementary School and, and give it there so they can give it out to anybody that may have some needs. So anyways, there's all sorts of stuff on there, notebooks, uh, uh, pencils, all, colored pencils, all sorts of stuff. So if you want to participate in that, go ahead and just start purchasing stuff, throwing it there. We'll give it out before the school year starts. And that's just a, a certain way to bless the families of our church. Uh, next announcement, don't forget, July 10th, uh, church picnic right at the church. At the Millers, we're providing uh, the, the chicken, bring some uh, size to share. It's just going to be a good time of hanging out together, so if you have questions about that, you can see me. Women's Coffee and Craft, July 16th at 10 a.m. So that's the time the ladies are getting together, drinking some coffee, doing whatever. If you've got questions about that, see Margot or Kelly. Again, the sign-up's in the back. And if you have a, uh, a young person somewhere between uh, 5th to 12th grade and you're interested in our summer youth camp, which is all the uh, campuses of Only Believe, see me, and I'll tell you more information about that. So that's our announcements today. And again, we're just looking forward to our VBS tonight. So that's the biggest thing. All right. Joy Fellowship. Joy Fellowship, yes, thank you. That's today, 5 p.m. Uh, Joy Fellowship is technically our ages 55 and up small groups. Small groups are important to us. We have a handful of different small groups that meet uh, in our church. So if you're interested in the small groups, see me. But Joy Fellowship is one of those uh, small groups. Again, 55 and up, but they'll tell you it don't matter if you want to come, come anyways. Bring some food to share. They spend some time in the Word. Fellowship eats some food, and they meet downstairs in the basement in the back corner over there. So if you have information about that, see Bill or Patsy. All right, get your Bibles out. The book of Ephesians, if you want to go there. New series today, entitled The Images of Salvation. Images of Salvation. I, I'm, a, I'm a big picture person when it comes to the Bible. I, I like to see the big picture themes in the Bible and how that kind of uh, makes its way down to the personal uh, individual. 
so in this way, in my mind, I'm always putting together the different ways the Bible puts forth in the scriptures through uh, images, metaphors, analogies, descriptions of the things that encompass the Christian life. Uh, kind of like puzzle pieces that, that come together and overlap each other and they, they create a big picture of what it means to follow Jesus. How many of y'all follow Jesus? Let me see. Okay, good. I'm glad you do. If not, um, we encourage you to do so. Now, for example, we think about discipleship. The Bible uh, has different ways that it, it talks about discipleship, the images, the descriptions of it. It could be the narrow road. It could be the race marked out for us. Uh, picking up your cross daily. Uh, Paul, in a lot of his writing, talks about putting things on and taking things off or clothe yourself with. Different ways that the Bible puts forth in descriptions what it means to be a disciple, grow, growing from glory to glory, changing. That's another one. But I want to do that with salvation, images of salvation that we find in the Bible. You know, the world loves a good rescue story. Isn't that correct? They love a good rescue story. I would say a lot of the movies out there, a lot of books that are written, it's in our imagination, a good rescue story. I was just thinking about this yesterday, and uh, the first thing that popped in my mind about a good rescue story, I was probably three or four years ago. Do you guys remember uh, in Thailand, the soccer team that got trapped in the back of a cave somewhere? You guys remember that story? Uh, the, the assistant soccer coach and the kids, they went spelunking. They were down in the caves walking around. Then a flash flood came with, with the rain, and they got trapped in the back, and nobody knew where they were, so the divers were constantly searching for them. And eventually they found them more than two miles back in a cave somewhere with no way to get out. I think, I think they eventually were there over two weeks until finally they were able to bring them out of the cave. They, they were all saved. We love a good rescue story. One of the divers did lose their life, though. Another diver from some complications later, maybe a year later or so, also uh, passed away. But we love a good rescue story, and we love a good story about a hero. Everybody counts those that rescued those boys as heroes. Went above and beyond the call of normal everyday life to save another person. We love those kind of stories. But well, we have the greatest rescue story of all. That's the rescue story of a God who made a world that lost itself and he's come to rescue it. And what I want to do over the next few weeks, I want to talk about images of salvation, what it means to be saved. Um, so that what is the gospel? The gospel is that God has come to save us. Amen. The gospel is the good news of Jesus for a lost and a sinful world, a world that needs saved. So uh, just the other day, um, we have the news breaking of, of decisions of the Supreme Court, right? And now all of the discussion and all of the response, everything's happening in our country. What does the church do? The church does what it always should have been doing, what it should be doing today and do as we go forward. We preach the name of Jesus. We preach salvation. 
because God has come to save this world. And in that, then we do what we can do. We are there for those that are in need, in a moment, in decision, that need support and help and guidance and direction. Amen. That's what the church does. Because we are to reflect the deliverance of the God who has saved us. And we live it in an embodied sort of way, a kind of way. Amen. So the story of salvation is the story of a God who's come in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God in flesh, the, the mighty acts of God and the triumph of the cross and his resurrection and how that reverberates through the cosmos and history, it is big. That God has not left us in our sin. He's not left us to, to fate. But God has come to save a creation that lost itself. God takes responsibility for what he did not mess up. That's Jesus on the cross. The triumph of the cross and then in the resurrection of Jesus is the story of our salvation. Now, here's the thing. That word saved uh, is, is kind of a, a churchy word, maybe. So, so if you, you're out there in society uh, and you're just talking to people and they, you say, hey, did you know I'm saved? And they're going to look at you and go, okay, saved from what? Was somebody chasing you down the street? We need to hide you somewhere, put you in a room. What are you saved from? I mean, uh, it, it, maybe all the different things they would think about. It's sort of a churchy word, I guess, but um, that means simply that you have been rescued and you have been kept from a danger. I always think of a person drowning and, and, and they're being rescued uh, and put on the safety and the security of a large boat, somebody drowning in the ocean or drowning in a large lake, and, and, but somebody comes by and pulls them out of the water, brings them to safety and saves them from some sort of a danger. That is salvation. Now, though it includes this, salvation is not just going to heaven when you die. Let, let's put that out there. Though it includes what happens when you die. That is not the embodiment of salvation. So it's not just going to heaven when you die, but it is being united with God in the, the work of his son. And what that means is this. I am saved from some things, but I'm also saved to some things. What am I saved from? Sin. What am I saved from? Ultimately, the effects of sin. What am I saved from? The wrath that is coming because of sin. What am I saved from? The working of the adversary, the devil. What am I saved from? An eternal separation from God. But I'm also saved to some things. I'm saved to a right relationship with God, reconciliation. I'm saved to new life. I'm saved to an abundant life, a holy life. I'm saved to a resurrected life. I'm ultimately saved to an eternal life. See, salvation culminates for all of us in new creation, a new heaven and earth, the whole person and the whole creation. So it's not just going to heaven when you die, but it's about life now and life to come. Amen. 
So I'm not just saved from my sins. I'm saved to freedom from my sins. I'm saved to a life in him when he teaches me how to live the abundant life in the midst of a lost and a dying world. The benefit of your salvation isn't just heaven. By the way, that's not the end of it. You know that. So, so when you die, where is your body? It's in the ground somewhere. Or maybe you got burned up and you're in a pot somewhere. Okay, I don't know, whatever they decide to do with you. But your body is on this earth still. Well, where is your spirit? The Bible says when, when you were absent from the body, you were present from the Lord, with the Lord. Now, is that the state of your eternity? That you're a disembodied spirit floating around out there in the cosmos somewhere? No. That is an intermediate step to a new heaven and a new earth and a resurrected body. You know that. Amen. So salvation being, well, well, when I die, I go to heaven, that's part of the story, but that's not the big picture. And I'm thankful for that. That God is going to make all things new, and my salvation is leading to the newness of all things, a new heaven and a new earth and a resurrected body. That body that's in the ground through the mighty miracles of God will be reunited with what has been departed from it and be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. And only God can do that kind of stuff. You know that? The body has been cremated. Guess what? Those ashes, or some people scatter them in the ocean, on the mountain somewhere. I don't know. It's going to be brought back together somehow in the mighty act of God, new body. Amen. And we will live with him for eternity. But my salvation isn't just later. My salvation is now. My salvation then leads to a life to come. Paul often writes, I'm saved, but I'm being saved, and I will be saved. How many of you are saved right now? Yeah, amen. But how many know you're working out your salvation? But how many know there's a time when Jesus comes again and there's going to be a finality of all things and we will be saved? Amen. Yeah. That is the mighty acts of God in this lost and dying world. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Let's get into the Bible a little bit here. Ephesians 2.1, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says here, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now watch this. In which you once walked. You see that's past tense? In which you once had been in following the course of this world. In other words, a fallen world, a dying world, a world without God. Following the prince of the power of the air, that is the enemy. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. You see, you see that? Without salvation, you are dead right here. You're dead. You're dead in your sin. 
But where else are you dead? Your body. I would like to say at my age, I'm going to live forever. That ain't going to happen. I can take all the supplements I want. I can take all the protein I want. I can work out every day. I, eventually, my body's going to give it up. Something's going to wear out in this, and I'm going to die, right? So we are dead in our sin, both inwardly and eventually outwardly. That is the outworking of sin in this world. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Is death. And that's the way we all once were. And in that, we follow the course of a lost world. In other words, the way of living that is the way of sin. Again, the enemy is a part of all this and, and what he does and the working behind the scenes. But we don't blame everything on him, by the way, because we are of our own doing a lot. Verse 3 again among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind. You, you know, when we carry out our sinful life, we do so in the ignorance of who God is, but we also do so because we like it. Isn't that right? The desires of your lost and sinful flesh, you, you satisfied them. And however that works out in your life, whatever it is, we, we, without God, we walk in a way of sin that simply just compounds the nature of who we are. And we are simply living out the death of who we are. Now, I want to tell you something. I've come across in my life some really good people who are not saved. I mean, what I'm talking about. But even though they're good people and do things that resemble the goodness that we find in God, without salvation, they are still dead in their sin. And I'll show you why in just a minute. It's not enough to be good and sometimes to think the right things and sometimes do the right things, okay? Without salvation, only the work of God, each person is dead in their trespasses and needs to be saved. They, every person, and we're doing a walk through Romans on Wednesday, and this is the highlight of Romans, right? Every person needs rescued. Every person needs brought out of the back of the cave by somebody else. Everybody needs pulled out of the water and they're drowning by somebody else. You cannot save yourself. Amen. Not with enough good works, not with enough charity, not with enough nice words, not, not enough of anything can you do to earn your salvation. We're lost in our sin. And somehow, someway, the outworking of that sin comes through our life. And by, by the way, the nature of that is that we are people of wrath, deserving of wrath. You know that? See, because man is the one who lives in sin in this world, a just God will judge this world justly. 
And, and part of what we've been talking about in Romans on Wednesdays is Paul kind of makes a little bit of an argument why, even though those who, who did not know God, the justice of God is still just, okay? That each person will be judged for what they have done. And those who do not find salvation in him allow God to rescue you. They're children of wrath. They, they will receive the wrath of the judgment of God for our sin as a whole, as a society, and as individuals. Do you know why even the greatest nations and civilizations of the world always pass away? You know why? Because wrath is working itself out. You, you can look back in history. I'm, I'm a history student. I love history. I have a degree in history. I love to read history, watch shows about history. See, the great civilizations of the past, they all are past. Every civilization that brings itself together and binds itself together as a unit of people with some sort of government, some sort of way of, of financing and upholding an economy, they all will pass away because none of them are the kingdom of God. And all of them will find the judgment of God for how it works itself out without him. That's our society, but also as people, too. And by the way, some of those civilizations were, did a lot of things that were very good in nature, again, but they cannot save itself. That's why when Jesus comes back in new heaven and earth, this kingdom of God that he's going to set up is going to be unlike well, anything that we have right now. Because in God and who he is is the justice of how he will work things. But I, I love this. I love this. Verse 4, watch this. If, if you highlight your Bible, if you write in your Bible, I think it's okay to do that. You circle these, these first two words in, in verse 4. If you got an ESV, it goes this way. Other translations word it differently, but I like the ESV. It says, but God, but God, circle it, but God. We're lost in our, our transgressions. We're sinful people who carry out the sinful desires of our flesh and, and, and work all that out. We are, by nature, children of wrath, but God. I like it. God does not leave us to ourselves, but God. God has come to save us. We're lost in our transgressions, but God. We carry out the desires of our sinful flesh, but God. We're, we're by nature, children of wrath, but God, God does not leave us alone, but he sort of butts in. And, and here he comes with the gospel of Jesus. But God, God, thanks be to God. He puts into action. He doesn't leave it that way. His great love and his great mercy does what we're about to read. He is rich in mercy. Now, I know there may be some of you here that you've never been rich. Maybe you make it paycheck to paycheck. Maybe every day you're praying, give me this day my daily bread because that's where you're at in life. To experience the riches of God. In other words, that is overwhelming abundance. But God, who is rich, listen, rich in his mercy, will do for us only what he can do for us. 
because of the great love with which he loved us. It's not just a small love, but it's a great love. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For watch this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not a result of works, so no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see that? It is out of the riches of the wonders of God, his great love for us, that he comes to save us. This is the greatest rescue story of all. It is the greatest hero story of all. That God has come to this lost world by his grace, and grace, by the way, Grace is giving you something that you do not deserve. It's undeserved merit. It's by grace that God comes to save through what? Faith. That we believe in who he is and what he's doing. Now, here's the interesting thing about faith. Faith is born in you because you hear the good news of Jesus. Even then, you don't earn it by faith. Faith is given. It's born in you because you hear the good news and you simply respond with what you've been given. You can't earn it. There's nothing you do in this process to earn it. Well, I just had enough faith. No, you had the faith God born in you because you heard the message of the good news. You see that? By faith, I received this wonderful, unmerited work of God in my life. And there's nothing I could do to earn this. That, that's why we were saying, look, you know good people. They do good things. But without Jesus, they are still dead in their trespasses. You can't earn your salvation. By faith, I received the grace of God, this work of God. So it's by faith through grace that I've been saved. So quit trying to earn it, by the way. Can't earn it. That mean you live how you want to? No, no, no. That there is a way of discipleship that flows from your salvation. But you don't earn brownie points with God by doing good stuff. The good stuff you do is an outworking of your salvation. Remember the, the uh, parable that Jesus told of the Pharisee and the sinner that, that went before him, and the Pharisee was bragging about all, the, and his, he was bragging in his prayer. Think about that. You never pray better in your heart, right? Bragging about his prayer. Lord, I give all my tithes, and I, I do this, that, and the other thing. He wasn't earning anything by that stuff. It's the genuine response of the heart that is justified before God. You can't earn it. Quit trying. You're not trying to live up to anything. God knows you. He knows your heart. 
but yet he still calls you to come into him. For it is by grace, unmerited favor, that you're saved by believing. This is our salvation. And, and by the way, if we, we could save ourselves, then we don't need God. And we just boast in our own salvation. You ever get around somebody that boasts about how good they are at something? Gets on your nerves, doesn't it? They do it in passive-aggressive ways, you know, kind of your backdoor kind of way, you know, but they always want to talk about how good they are and how, 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 you know, wonderful they do this certain thing or that. Listen, you can't do that stuff before God. You can't get before him and say, hey, God, look how great I am. He, he goes, yeah, I know better. <laughs> did you see that good thing I did? Yeah, I saw it. Good for you, but okay, keep, keep going, you know. He, he's helping us in those things, but it's not by those things that you were saved. So the image of salvation for today is that we are saved, but in that, that we are rescued. Translations uh, in the New Testament, where you see the word rescue, uh, other translations put the word deliver there. Rescue and deliver, they kind of swap them out. That God is our great rescuer. God is our great deliverer. And you see God that way. But you also have to see yourself that way. You have to look at yourself and say, I have been rescued. I have been delivered. This is the great work of God in my life. You know, in, in the Old Testament, you see many stories that God... Um, was the rescuer, he was the deliverer of Israel or, or people of Israel. God rescued, he delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. bondage. He was their rescuer, deliverer. The, the, the judges, you see, Gideon, the Midianites were oppressing the Israelites, but God raised up Gideon, who, who was his avenue of being the rescuer and deliverer from the oppression of the Israelites, from the Midianites. You see these images in the Old Testament, you realize that in all of those, it falls short. It's a foreshadow. It's a type of who God is personally to each one of us. You know that. That in the same way God does these, okay, you think about God bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. Remember the plagues? and the miracles, and the wonders and the signs that he performed. Did the Israelites do those signs and wonders? No. Nope. Who did it? God. And God brought them out as a, as a people from their bondage and slavery. He does those same things for each one of us if we're paying attention. You know that. The same God who delivered that way is the God who in his mighty acts delivers today. Instead of bringing an ethnic group of people, a chosen people out, it is for all who believe the mighty works of God and salvation will be there for us if we allow him to. And you can see different places. Write these verses down. I won't, I won't get into all of them, but just three or four different places where it talks about the rescuing or the deliverance of God. Psalm chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. Write that one down. Galatians chapter 1, 3 and 4 talks about 
being delivered from this present evil age. It's an aspect of salvation. Colossians chapter 113. We've been rescued. We've been delivered from the dominion of darkness. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10. We've been rescued. We've been delivered from wrath. Again, another aspect of, of salvation. But being rescued and delivered brings the imagery of a God who is acting on behalf of his people. God is not inactive. God is not passive. He is working in his way, in his timing, in his purpose, in his plan. And guess what? You're in on it, and you're included in it. Isn't that right? God has not only saved you, but he calls you to be a part of his process and the plan of salvation in this world. Isn't that correct? So we have three values as a church. Three things we kind of draw in as who we are as a, as a body of believers who are learning to live the Jesus way together. That we live by faith. In other words, we learn how to love God with everything we have and all of who we are. That we value relationships. In other words, we learn to love our neighbors ourselves. And our, our third value goes in with this, that we are rescuers. Do you know that? That God is a God who saves, God is a God who delivers and rescues, but he has now left us to be a light in this world. A city set on a hill. A light given that you don't hide and put it under something, but you, you let it light shine in, in the entire house for everybody can see. See, the wonderful work of God, salvation has begun, salvation is today. But salvation is a way that we begin to live. It's not going to heaven when I die, but it's life today. What it means to follow Jesus and live in this abundant, this new life that he's giving me. But then in turn be a part of the process of how he saves the world, that I myself is a light for those who believe, but also then for those who don't believe. We're a light together for those who believe as we come together, but we take our light out into a lost and dying world because they need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Amen. Can we live in our salvation now and not just think of our salvation later? You know what I mean? Can we live in our salvation now and not just think someday I'll get there? You live in this new life that God gives you. Amen. So we are a called people. We've been called out from the world, right? But yet we still live in this world. We're a called out people that have been grafted into the family of God, that he started with the call of Abram. Called out, but yet here. Called out, but yet still working jobs, having families, making money, interacting with your neighbor, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? We, we still live this life, but we live it in light A, I have been saved. I have been rescued. I have been delivered. Therefore, how does that change how I live? 
I have been called to be a part of what God is up to in this world. But God. Everybody hear what I'm about to say. But God. So your neighbor that lives next to you may not have had an experience of salvation. You know what God wants to do in his life? But God. You know that? The person you work with at, at whatever, wherever you work, they haven't had a experience of salvation that God, the mighty acts of God, has not touched their life in that way. What does God want for them? But God. Right? What, listen, what is your job in society that you are an avenue of but God? Amen? That we will walk this earth as the pardon of God, but God. Get us lost in this dying world. Images of salvation. You've been rescued, you've been delivered. I'm, I'm thankful I'm on the boat. I'm not, I'm not flailing around in the water anymore. I'm not a good swimmer, by the way. Did you know that? It's not a good swimmer. Probably the top weakness of my life. That's probably why I always think of the drowning metaphor. <laughs> top weakness of my life. I'm not a good swimmer. I'm thankful God put me in the boat. That he's allowing me to be on the boat. His goodness. I know I didn't earn anything in, to get in the boat. I was too busy thrashing around. <laughs> I didn't earn it. But he, he grabbed me anyways. While I was yet in sin, Christ died for me. He, amen. Can we take that message to the world? But God. So anytime you're facing anything, in your mind just go, okay, but God. But God. But God. And see what he will do. Amen? Okay, let's pray. I'll let you go. Lord, we thank you for your salvation. Samara, Samara, come up here. Can you pass your baby on to somebody? Oh, Jesus. Give you a second. Hold on a second. Let's just, just, let's just pray for a second. In Jesus' name. Can, can you give me a... That new one that you do, Jesus is all. So, if, listen, if you're here today, I would, it would be remiss to talk about salvation but not offer a moment for you to have a moment with God. You, you, may, you may feel like you are not good enough. That's okay because you can't earn it anyhow. You may feel like you just messed around with this too much. That's okay. You can't earn it anyhow. But if you're here today and you need to find yourself pulled out of the water and put on the boat, or maybe brought out from the back of the cave, you're, you're in the darkness somewhere, you can't find your way out by yourself, but God, 
See, it's just simple as this, that you believe and you receive what he does. That grace, the unmerited favor that brings salvation. That, that you know that, that you're a sinner, that you know you've lost your way and you need forgiven and you need to put it on the right track again. I'd encourage you right now just to pray a simple prayer. And I know sometimes old school, they lead you in a prayer. I, I, I don't always do that. Because it's as simply as just in your own heart, your mind, with your words, saying, Lord Jesus, I need you. Forgive me my sins. I know I'm lost without you. Help me today. That's all you got to do. And then this day forward, then what does it mean to live the Christian life? Well, that's why we're a church. We're here to help you. All right? So we're going we're gonna to sing this song called Jesus is All. And while we're singing this song, if that's you, you just pray your prayer. I would love to talk to you afterwards. Just come tell me, hey, man, I, I prayed. And I can pray with you again and just have a little bit of a conversation. But let's today be sure that salvation has come to all in this house. Amen? So, so if you would, if you would stand up. A shining light, an open door, healing touch. Jesus is all. Freedom's call, hope restored, new life given. Oh, Jesus is all. him and he'll respond he's here now oh Jesus is all Savior Redeemer Lord and King Savior, Redeemer, O Lord and King, a shining light, an open door, a healing touch, O Jesus is all.
prayer this morning, uh, you can come down, we'd love to pray with you, or maybe during that moment you cry out to God for salvation, love to talk to you, come on down, but be blessed, excited about VBS tonight, so come on out for that if you're a helper, love to see you here, bring all your kids, invite your neighbors, love to see your kids here, all right, be blessed as you go Wednesday back in the book of Romans, but love somebody on the way out today, amen, we'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>